Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Rebecca, Vice President of Product at Allstream. And we discuss how to keep a tight feedback loop with your employees to keep them happy and avoid burnout. How Allstream is helping their clients seamlessly transition away from older telecom infrastructure. And how to create a fantastic customer experience through strong communication. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into technology and find your way to telecommunications? So in the mid-90s, I had just graduated with a bachelor's degree in mathematics. My first job out of college, I ended up at a startup. And it was a telecommunications startup. At the time, it was a very interesting time in the industry. So there were a couple things happening. One, the 1996 Telecommunications Act, where it enabled competitors to come into that industry. If you think about the 90s, computers were just becoming more mainstream. So it was very early adopters. You were starting to have more computers and internet was just starting to evolve into more mainstream as well. So there was several various items from a marketplace that were quite interesting. I ended up at this company by accident in their finance department. Finance and mathematics are very different fields. Uh, So it was a really interesting introduction to business. I ended up hanging out in that group for about a year. And then I ended up in a product group at that company. And that was very lucky for me because that really put me on a path. I found my passion when I joined that product group. So I ended up being a product manager in that telecommunications company and really, really enjoyed it. Did some job jumping. So at that point, you know, late 90s, a lot of emerging startups were happening in the telecommunications industry. So I jumped around a bit to some different companies, took a bit of time off and went and got my MBA. And then I started at this company called Integra Telecom in 2004 and ended up working at that company for seven years, ran their product group, which um, involved product management and product development until about 2011, decided to go off on my own and do consulting. So thought I would do it for a couple of years. I ended up doing it for almost 10 years. So I ended up consulting for a number of years. Every year I'd look at it and reassess and decide I was still having a lot of fun and would do it for another year. In the time that I was consulting, it was a lot of fun. A lot of the projects I I was doing were evolving around products. So product marketing, product management, product development for various different industries. So I I had some manufacturing, I had some telecom, had some technology, I even had a lighting company. So I worked with all various types of clients. One of my clients was also a company named Allstream. And the company that I worked at, you know, from 2004 till 2011 is an earlier version of Allstream. So came back, knew quite a few people um, who were still there and started to do some projects for them and had the opportunity to take over a new centralized product group and really build that. So I jumped at the opportunity about a year and a half ago 
and um, and really enjoying it. So now I'm running the product group at Allstream. That's awesome. So you got re-engaged with Allstream as a consultant, and then they had an open position that you were able to come on full-time? Yes, exactly. I was really excited to come back. The company had evolved quite a bit from where from when I had been there almost 10 years prior. It's now Allstream. It's a Canada and US company. We provide voice collaboration, connectivity services for business customers. But the thing that really excited me about Allstream was, you know, several things. One, I love the people. The company is filled with professionals. We have experts. There's people that I worked with back before I left that were still at the business. But there's also all sorts of new people because you know we had evolved and grown since then um, and become also a Canadian company. The part two is we have telecom switches. We have data in- infrastructure. We are a true telecommunication service and we have the expertise, but we also have a lot of heart. We care about our employees. We care about our customers. We're not just a reseller. We're, we're an true telecommunications provider. And it was really a fun challenge to come back to this new company with some familiar faces and really be able to contribute and run that product team. That's awesome. A couple of months ago, I got to interview Allstream COO, Stephen Fisher, and we talked a lot about fiber technology and benefits in the future of increased bandwidth and whatnot. And you're saying you're a full telecommunications provider. Does that mean putting up towers, laying fiber, like infrastructure stuff or software platforms? Fill me in, what, what are the actual like offerings? What are you working on? So Allstream is a full solution provider. So we offer voice services. We provide cloud services. We offer managed voice services. So if the customer wants us to just provide calling in and out of their network, we can do that. If Allstream would like for us to manage a phone service for them and provide them with telephones in their offices, we can provide that. We can provide them with connectivity to the internet. We can provide various managed IT services. We have our own switches. We have our own data infrastructure. And we're a full service provider. We can provide all the different solutions that a a company would need for their business telecommunication and connectivity needs. So we do not lay fiber. We purchase fiber from other providers, but we like that equipment. So we light the fiber that's in the ground and have that provided by Allstream. So we're not just reselling other providers' connectivity. So we're not a construction company. We don't have to go in. We're not building the fiber in, but we are lighting the fiber and we have the infrastructure. So it's it's our equipment that we put onto that infrastructure. So we have a integrated platform that ties all those pieces together. So if you think about being able to have internet, voice, whether you want to have an unmanaged voice solution or you want Allstream to manage it, we can do all of that. And it's on this comprehensive platform that has been put together in a very professional manner. And we're able to provide this full solution of telecommunication services. Okay, cool. So are the switches the 
equipment required to light the fiber? The switches are, you think about telephone switches. So they provide the voice services. So we have our own voice switches in our network and for providing voice services. If you're calling in and out of your telephone or in and out of your computer where you're calling a party outside of your company and you're going over the PSTN, Allstream has switches that connect into that and provide that service for customers. And then we also have data networking. So we do connectivity, internet, you know, managed IT type services as well. Gotcha. So with the world changing drastically in the past two years, it sounds like you guys would have been at the center of that and going through a lot of change in work with everybody distributing. Right. We definitely had, even before the pandemic and customers were working from anywhere, we had solutions to help empower our customers to be able to work work remotely. So we have cloud voice systems where the customer can work remotely and be able to interact and collaborate and call and message their employees in other locations. So we already had those solutions available prior to the pandemic. Was it challenging scaling them up as everybody needed those solutions? So we quickly changed how we talked to customers to make sure that it was clear that we had those solutions available to them. But we had been empowering customers to be able to work you know, wherever they are prior to the pandemic. So we didn't have to change our business model when the pandemic happened. We changed where our employees worked. So prior to that, we did have remote workers and then we also had multiple offices, uh, both in Canada and the U.S., and we all went home. So it was a change in how we worked with each other, although we had been working across different countries and doing that collaboration already. But we've done some initial enhancements that we quickly developed during the beginning of the pandemic to make sure that the customer had a full suite but it wasn't a big shift from a business model standpoint for us because we had already been providing customers with solutions to allow them to work from anywhere, which is really where we're at today. So from an industry standpoint, it quickly evolved. Customers were already moving to the cloud. The pandemic really accelerated that move. Customers were already working if they were traveling, sometimes if they needed flexibility, They might have workers working from anywhere, from home or on the road. And we already had those solutions, but bringing those to the forefront, making sure our customers understood those applications and how they can apply them to their business and making sure that they really um, had the tools they need was something that we focused on. But we didn't have to quickly develop solutions to enable customers to be able to work in that manner. That's really cool. So on the topic of distributed work, I remember at the beginning of our conversation, you said one of your favorite parts of Allstream is like the heart and the care of the company. And it's like a hot topic right now, especially companies that have been like traditionally in office, how to keep their heart and culture strong when when everybody is sent home. And I know you started back full-time at Allstream 
after March of 2020. So you've been experiencing, you've been having like a positive experience with the heart and culture in distributed work. So can you share with me like some of the things that Allstream does to have that heart with a distributed work setting? So we do have a lot of video calls. I think it's really important. Um, All teams are expected to have team meetings. I'm interacting with people every single day on video. Some people I've never met in person. And I think it's just really important to turn that video on and interact with people, be able to see them, see their facial expressions. It's not the same as meeting them in person, but I think a lot of the work that we do together, even though we're distributed um, and in different countries, we're able to build those relationships. Also, we do survey our employees and we listen to feedback they have and make changes. We implemented a meeting free Friday because people were getting a bit fatigued on being on meetings you know, so much during the week. So give them a break to be able to do work that day and not just be meeting. So you know, it's, it's kind of over time, it, it becomes, it seems like we get more and more meetings on Fridays, but we try to also give employees breaks from um, that fatigue of being on video all the time. But we're used to collaborating online using SharePoint type of resources where you can collaborate on materials. Uh, it's just a very collaborative company and listening people have voices. Senior leadership is listening to employees, reading through comments on surveys, making changes based on those that input that employees are providing. And we really care about our employees. We listen to our employees and we make actionable items out of feedback that comes from employees. And we do the same thing with customers. We listen to our customers. We read through comments that they provide to us, you know, both positive and negative. And we set up action to be able to address issues that come from our customers. That's awesome. I, I like that you touched on having that close feedback loop because that's super important to make sure people feel heard when they need help and they need a change and make sure that they see the change in like a timely manner. One thing that has been really helpful for me recently in terms of just working efficiently, and uh, you touched on like having a little bit of meeting fatigue, although also having meetings regularly is awesome and very stimulating. It's a, it's a hard balance. Yeah, it's a balance where you need to be interacting with people. You can't work alone. I think working together in groups and the collaboration that happens is so important. And in the end, you create a better outcome with having multiple voices. But we also need some of that quiet time to be able to get that work done too. So really having that nice balance of meetings, whether they're via video or in person, and also having that work time has, has been something that we've really been working through. And it's evolved over the last couple of years that we've been, you know, in and out of working in the office. Some people are back in the office. Um, a lot of people aren't. But we're, we're also, we have a distributed workforce. So we wouldn't ever be all in the same office, even if everybody returned to an office. It wouldn't be one office. It would be many offices. So we're going to still have those video and that interaction remotely forever at this company. 
Uh, it's funny. Someone mentioned to me recently that working in the office is becoming a perk as opposed to being able to work from home used to be the perk. Like, So I've been starting to experience some meeting fatigue myself because um, we're going through some growth. I've kind of been becoming a recruiter, just hiring a lot and training a lot. I started doing like pre-recorded training where I would, I'm making like tutorials because we uh, recently had on a company called TechSmith on the podcast. And their big thing is they make the product Snagit and Camtasia. If you, you mm-hmm. if you ever use we those. Use that in, yeah, we use those internally. We use them for product education. So we nice. do internal videos on different topics that we do for both the sales organization and the ops groups and different groups. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like really freed up a lot of my time to do training asynchronously. Then I can be more focused on what I actually have meetings for, which is cool. I want to come back to telecom, though. I love talking about ways to improve <laughs> workflows. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. I have in my notes to ask you about industry deregulation in, in telecom and how that's been affecting your industry. And I am excited to talk to you about this because I don't know anything about it. So So, (laughs) what's going on there? So what's happening is there are certain types of services that are being deregulated. What that means is that the costs are increasing. So the pricing is no longer going to be regulated and the costs are going to go up. So this is on old legacy services such as T1s, which is an older technology. It's 1.5 meg. And yeah, um, and old phone lines. So if you think about old landlines to homes and businesses, so the underlying infrastructure that powers those legacy services are being deregulated and the rates are going up. So we're going to be receiving cost increases from underlying providers that we end up passing through to customers. It's a cost impact. The second thing that's happening from an industry standpoint is a lot of that old technology is end of manufacture, end of life. And so telecommunication providers are transforming networks away from that old technology And so, you know, combining that with the deregulation really changes what kind of services the customers purchase and what they deploy at their own premises. It's hard to make changes. So if you have really old technology at your premise, that's what you've always used, you're used to, you're used to that, the way that that works, Um, you might feel nervous about moving to newer technology. But with that deregulation and the cost increasing, as well as transforming our own network away from that technology, we're pushing customers into newer technologies, such as Ethernet, VoIP, voice over IP. And so sometimes customers feel nervous. Oh, is it going to work as well? You know, I have to make these upgrades to my own location in order to use these services. Um, But there's this evolution that's happening in the industry that is pushing customers to really accelerate and accept this newer technology because they're not really able to get this older technology at a reasonable price anymore. So we're 
we're getting rid of that old technology out of our own networks and the costs for maintaining that are high as well. So it's this combination of costs and technology evolution that's causing customers to move to newer technology and not have old T1 technology or old analog lines. They have to move to newer, faster, and a lot of times better technology. And you think about older windows, you know, eventually older window programs, they're not supported anymore or old wireless technologies on your on your cell phone. You have to move to the newer model or move to the newer technology. So the same thing's happening with the telecommunications industry where we're not supporting those old analog lines and we're pushing customers to evolve to the cloud, evolve to ethernet, evolve to higher speed internet. We still have some dial-up customers, if you can believe that. So there's some really old technology. It's just, it is sometimes, it, it takes time to make those changes at a customer. You know, sometimes they need to be brought along on the journey and educated and learn what other options there are today and how that can, can help with their customer needs. So is that, what, what are they deregulating that's increasing the costs? It's the, the older lines. So it's... Okay. So if you think back to what happened in the mid-90s when they began opening up competition, they were legacy providers who had infrastructure that was built into different businesses. And what ended up happening was they leased those lines to competitive providers that enabled them to get into those businesses without having to build and dig up the streets because they were able to get in and use those lines into that business and then put their service over those lines. What's starting to happen now is that, you know, all these years later, there's no longer price protection into using that line to get into that business. The other thing that's happening is that the infrastructure isn't supporting that old technology anymore because it's just so outdated. A lot of the telephone switches that use that infrastructure, that older infrastructure, they're being their end of life. They're not, they're not being manufactured anymore because the industry has really moved on. So that cost is going up. They're not going away right away. So there's still legacy services that customers can use, but the costs are increasing for the providers that are using those lines to get into those customers. And then we're having to pass that cost on to the end customer because our our costs are increasing. Okay, cool. Thank you. I, I think I have a clearer picture of the whole landscape now. So as customers aren't even being able to afford the older technology anymore, they're adopting newer technology. I know increasing prices isn't like a fun thing, but are you excited about the increased adoption of the newer technology? Oh, most certainly. I really believe that customers are hanging on to old technology. They really should evolve their business. They have so many more options, higher speeds. What we're providing to customers today is not necessarily brand new. I mean, we've had Ethernet services. We've had higher bandwidth options, fiber 
connectivity for a number of years. There's just some customers that haven't adopted newer technology and taken advantage of those newer technologies. So I absolutely want customers to have the best technology for their business and that helps them achieve their business goals and moving to newer technology is so much better for their business because you know they'll have faster speeds to the internet, they'll have the latest voice services, they'll have better collaboration apps. I mean, all of that ties into this. And I want the customers to have better technology that helps them meet their own business objectives. So when transitioning from the older technology to the newer technology... You mentioned earlier that a lot of customers are hesitant to switch from you know the systems they've been using for years. And obviously, communication is something that you can't really have a lapse on. So how do you make that experience for the customers of transitioning to the newer technology as seamless as possible? Well, first of all, you really need to understand what the customer needs and what the customer's goals are and how they're using the technology, what's important to their business. So we really look at customers from a solution standpoint and determine what their business needs. How can we serve that with newer technology, help the customer understand different options? There's not just one solution necessarily. They usually will have a couple different ways that they could go, but really helping them with the experts that we have at Allstream to understand what type of options will help them best meet the needs that they have that are uniquely to them. And we have a very, very strong and professional sales engineering organization that works with our customers along with our salespeople to be able to really understand what the customer is trying to achieve and what their goals are. And you have other customers that are a bit more sophisticated and they know what they need. They let us know what they want to be implementing and we're able to do that for them as well. So when you're managing the customer experience and customer journey, who actually are your customers that you're talking to regularly? So we have mid-sized customers. Our customers are mid-sized enterprises, you know, our suites, but we do have some really large customers and some smaller customers. But Allstream's target customer are that mid-sized enterprise. And we're across a variety of different industries. We have professional service customers, we have hospitals, we have hospitality. We're across various, various different industries. So it's more about what the customer is using the technology for. So we're not focused on just specific industries or verticals. Allstream has business services for companies of all different industries. We do have some larger customers, but our sweet spot is really that mid-sized segment. So I have a note here that looks like a really bold statement that I would love to ask you about. The end of an era for traditional telecoms. Can you fill me in on what that is referring to? (laughs) So Allstream has evolved along with our customers. We aren't just a telco that has old legacy lines and providing low-speed internet. So we provide cloud solutions, we provide managed communications, we provide UCAS services, we provide high-speed internet, 
we provide a large variety of really useful technologies to the customer. We're not just an old telco that does legacy phone lines to a customer. So if you think about how you evolve as a provider, you really become this partner with the customer where you're supporting their journey of what they need in order to be able to connect and communicate with their employees and their customers. Awesome. So looking forward to the future, what's the thing that you're most excited about moving forward in your industry? I am so focused on the customer experience. I believe that the customer really evolved in their expectation of how they interact with companies, especially the last number of years through the pandemic. So if you think about online shopping, you think about how people are interacting online, I'm really excited about providing tools to the customer that makes it so easy for them to be able to communicate with their own employees and their customers and providing them with this integrated experience where they have this really simple, easy platform to be able to interact with the people they need to, to do their business and making that easy and modern and amazing for them. To me, the customer experience is top of mind with everything that we do in product. And I'm most excited about enhancing that customer experience. Awesome. So how do you keep the product people as close as possible to the customers? I guess I want to get a clear picture of like what the team structure of your feedback loop actually looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the product managers are working with salespeople daily. So they are interacting with our sales organization, um, which is also a conduit into the customer. And they also do talk to customers directly. So there's different ways that the product managers are getting that feedback from customers. So sometimes it's directly, sometimes it's through the sales organization, and sometimes it's also through deals that we didn't win and why. So really, I say those are the three main ways that the product team gains feedback. And they're also getting market intelligent, looking at what are other companies doing? Do we have gaps in our product offering? So they're, you know, they're always looking at that as well. So they have various ways that they're getting that feedback. Nice. That makes sense. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you one question I love asking. If you could go back and give yourself one solid piece of advice when you were first moving from the finance side of things to product, what would that be? So in general, I think that being curious, asking questions, It's okay if you don't know the answer as long as you're willing to figure out the answer and figure out the solution. I think really making sure that you always keep the customer experience top of mind, being authentic and transparent. Really, when you go into product, if the customer isn't going to purchase your service if it's not relevant to their business. So making sure that you really are always keeping what those customer needs are and why they want your service top of mind and making sure that you have a competitive offering. We need to 
be able to provide a service to the customer that the customer needs, but we also need to build it in a way that internal departments can support it. So sometimes we get so wrapped into our own knowledge and why we should do things, but we always have to remember the customer because we don't have a service that the customer needs if we don't make sure that we're evolving with them and we're keeping their needs and their experience top of mind at all times. So I would say the customer focus would be something that I would have made sure that my early self was always keeping top of mind. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.